0: Well, good evening. Thank you, Matt, for that introduction, Aaron, for all the good songs. Let me tell you guys on behalf of myself and our previous teachers and the teachers to come that it is a huge blessing to have all of you here, a huge encouragement, lots of smiling faces, lots of people that are praising God and want to know from his word what he has to say for their lives. So it's a huge encouragement. This evening, it's my privilege and honor uh, to bring to you the talk on renewing our walk. Renewing our walk. What I mean by that is renewing our walk with God. And What does it mean really to walk with God? It's a relationship, right? It's a relationship with God. It, that very relationship is going to determine our actual walk in life, how we treat others, how we treat our spouses, how we treat each other, how we love the lost, how we love what God has to say for our lives. I I say this a lot in our adult class, so if you're a member of our adult class, you've heard this again. I'm sorry for the redundancies, but it's human nature to come here and to pretend, maybe act, like we have it all together. You know, we're too scared to tell people that we've got brokenness in our lives, we've got hurt. And so you may be sitting here this evening with a smile on your face, but inside there's turmoil going on. It's okay, you're not alone. The reason I bring that up is because we all come here broken, sinners, in need of a savior, and that's Jesus, don't we? One of the things, the reason I bring that up is not to make you feel bad about yourself. It's not to step on your toes. It's not to make you say, wow, you know, what a way to start a sermon, right? Start a lesson. It's mainly to let you know that I'm right there with you. Because when we're talking about our walk, it's oftentimes far from perfect for most of us. Let's go to the next slide real quick how is your walk with God? You might be wondering what these graphs are representing. Very very few times you see graphs at a church uh, PowerPoint presentation. The one on the left is what I think many of us wish our walk with God looked like. The moment we, we went down to that water and came up, and we were a follower of Christ, we just grew every day closer to Him, and we just kept growing, not slowing down, kept getting closer, drawing more near to God. So, what we wish we could say. I can tell you for myself, I can't speak for you, my walk with God looks like the one on your right. Ups and downs, peaks, mountaintop experiences, in times where my walk may be non-existent. This evening, I hope to bring you hope. I hope to bring you encouragement for myself and for y'all that we can renew our walk with God, and we can keep it from here on. Next slide real quick. Charles Hodge Jr. wrote a book called My Daily Walk with God, and in it he says this, all God has ever wanted from anyone, listen to that, all God has ever wanted from anyone is a daily walk with him. God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, Genesis 3, 8. Enoch walked with God and God took him up, Genesis 5, 21 through 24. He goes on to say later in that chapter, the privilege to walk with God is beyond awesomeness. Is that how we feel about our walk with God each day, that it's beyond awesomeness? You know, prior to the summer series, we were talking about the attributes of God, weren't we? Let me remind you what some of those were. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's fancy ways of saying he's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's always there. He is a righteous God, a holy God. He's a God that has perfect wrath, love. That's the God that we serve and so many more things besides just those attributes. He created the very universe that's around us, this earth. He created you and me, the very things that we spend our lives in science trying to figure out the intricacies of the body. He knows those. When I look up at night and I try to identify the constellations that we named, he knows all the stars by name. That's the God that we serve. In fact, that same God... Wants a relationship with you and with me. He wants a walk with you and with me. That should bring that idea of beyond awesomeness more to light. I'm going to bring four things to you this evening. Four things that I wrote for myself, things that I needed to hear in my own life. I hope by doing that, that brings you some encouragement for yours. But four things to help us renew our walk with God. And if you have a walk with God, to strengthen it and to keep it going first. If we want to have a walk with God, we've got to humble ourselves and submit to him. Micah 6 verse 8 says this. Listen here. He's told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? James 4, verses 6 through 10 says this, But he gives us more grace, therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. If you look over in 1 Peter 5, verses 5 and 6, similar verses there. Proverbs eleven two 2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Ever been there? When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Colossians 3, verse 12 says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, and patience. The perfect example we have of humility is Christ himself. Philippians 2, 3 through 11 says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only at his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself, that's humility. By taking on the form of a servant, being born in likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Verse 9 says this, Therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is, Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, I found in my life, pride will derail my walk. Pride will derail my walk with God. In pride, I'm going to consider my own desires, my own wants, my own self as more important than God. Some might call that I'm idolizing myself in pride, I might make God into what I need God to be at that time. Do you know what I mean by that? I might make God into the loving God that has no wrath or justice because I don't want to face the reality of what my sins are. You see, pride will derail our walk with God quite often. And so then the opposite of that is humility. Now, humility is not going to be held as some great attribute for people to have in this world, is it? Or submission. But that's what Christ was. In fact, you might even say that Christ was humility. And that's the example that he gave us to be. If I want to have a walk with God, I've got to get pride out of the way and I've got to be humble and submit to him. brings us to point number two. If I want to have a relationship with God, if we want to have one, a walk with him, we must be in his word daily, not weekly, not monthly. That's happened in some of our lives. I know we've all done that, but daily. You know, I found it interesting thinking back on the years that I was in college and I was in it for quite a long time. To Matt's point, a consultant pharmacist is a pharmacist, a very interesting type of consultant or type of pharmacy work. It's in long-term care. But I went to school for many, many years. I think back to my schooling and how I would study. Sometimes I'll admittingly say I crammed for the test, right? But I studied and I poured myself into those textbooks trying to learn something, all to take a test that really just brought me what? A grade? A degree? How much more should I want to be in His Word? in God's Word each day, learning more about this God that we just talked about who wants a relationship with us. Hebrews 4.12 says, "...for the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart." 2 Timothy 3.16-17 and 17 says, "...all Scriptures breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction." for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. Psalm 119, I find this interesting, 9 through 16, says this, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight, as as it is in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts. I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Down in 105 of that same chapter says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We sing the song that talks about that. Psalm 19, verses 7 and 8 says, "The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes." Charles Hodge Jr. brings up a, an interesting section in his book, he talks about a man, a brother in Christ, that shared how he would start his day, how he would bring about this relationship, this walk. In it, he says that for the first hour of every day, I want us to think of what we do in the first hour of of our days. In the first hour of every day, for 30 minutes, he read the Bible out loud Somebody asked him why in the world he read the Bible out loud. He said, because when I read it out loud, I not only see the word, but I speak the word and I hear it. For 30 minutes, he did that. And then for the next 30 minutes, he prayed. Now, I would do good to do this for maybe a couple weeks, right? Anybody feel that same way? This brother did it for 60 plus years. 60 plus years. What an example If I want to have that relationship with him, I need to know who my God is. I need to know what he desires for me, right? And where I'm going to find that is not in my own feelings, not in my own desires, not what I think he says, it's in his word. And that's why we need to be in there daily. That example of our brother in Christ that did that brings up another point. Number three, we must pray. How many in here feel like you're great at prayer? I don't feel that way. I never really have. You know, I, I always feel like maybe I'm not praying reverently like I should. Maybe I'm praying selfishly for something. Maybe God's sitting there just kind of chuckling at what my requests are because they're maybe petty or something like that. I've never really felt great at that. But here's what I know. Prayer is my way to voice my faith. It's my way to talk to Him I think about this a lot. You know, have you ever tried to talk to somebody that's very high up here on this earth? You've got to go through 30, 40, 50 people, and maybe you'll get a secretary to talk to, right? And our God allows us to pray to him. Have you ever thought about that? Isn't that incredible? Something else that's really interesting about prayer is that, you know, this is a, it's a relationship, really is what this is, it's communication. You bring up any marriage book or any book on friendship or, or having you know, meaningful relationships, what are you going to find in there? Communication. It's going to be a key fundamental principle, isn't it? If you don't have good communication, you don't know what each other is thinking, you can't maybe communicate well your issues or things like that. Same thing with friends. You know, that's how you get to know each other better. That's what prayer is for us is to talk to God. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, this is a familiar verse for many. It says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Proverbs 15, verse 29 says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. And then in Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. I feel like I'm using Charles Hodge a lot, but he also had a book on prayer. It's kind of an amazing thing. He had books on each of these subjects that we're talking about. In his book on prayer, I found a comment that he started off the book with very interesting. He says, I do not believe in prayer. I believe in God. Therefore, I pray. That's how he starts it off. And then he goes on to say, prayer is our dependence upon God and our voice of faith. A little bit further on, he says, prayer is not a technique, it is a relationship. We must pray, and it will draw us nearer to God. Let me bring up the final point this evening. We must make our walk with God. I put a priority in our lives, but I should have put the priority in our lives think about anything that you want to do in life say that it's uh maybe dieting let's just throw that out there or maybe it's learning learning a foreign language or something like that you know i can buy any information out there on dieting i can carry it on me at all times and i'm not going to just lose weight am i If I buy a book on a foreign language and I lay it on my head, I tried this in college, hoping that osmotically it would just like float into me and I would just learn everything so much better. It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Wish it did, but it doesn't. It takes making those things a priority, doesn't it? You know, I I think of my life and how oftentimes I get so distracted. Satan uses distractions, doesn't he? To pull you away. I get so distracted with what's going on around me, you know, all the things I've got to do in a week, all my trips I need to make for work, those become my priority. God kind of just falls somewhere down by the wayside. That's where you see on that graph those peaks and troughs. But God's relationship, this walk with Him, renewing that, means that I've got to make Him the priority in my life. That can be hard sometimes, but it's so rewarding for our walk. Listen to some of these verses here. Matthew 22 verses 37 and 38 says this, and he said to them, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and your soul, and your mind. This is the greatest, this is the great and first commandment." Have you ever thought about what that actually means with all your heart? soul, and mind. You know, we just kind of read over that verse and just say, you know, that's the first and greatest commandment. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. But when we really think about that, it requires great sacrifice. It requires great dedication and devotion if we're going to love God in that way. Luke 12, verses 31 and 34. Luke 12 is talking about worrying, and then they go on to talk about treasures. You know, where are you going to lay those up? And it says here in verse 31, Instead, seek his kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. Seek his kingdom. In verse 34, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also James 1, verse 22, we've heard this one before, but be doers of the word, not just hearers, and so deceive yourselves. And then James 2, verses 14 through 18, is a very familiar passage on faith and works, and it talks about this, as what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, Without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works, it says in James 2. If my faith is going to be an action, we talked week one about belief. We talked about how that's going to move us. We have a renewed belief. Sometimes we have doubts, right? But if that belief is true in Christ, then my faith in him is going to move me to works. It's going to move me to doing what he asked me to do in my life. And when we talk about this daily walk, God wants that with you and me. He wants that desperately with you and me. In fact, you look through the Bible at we, the Pharisees, the Israelites, all these people that we bash left and right, and, and really, y'all, to be honest, we do some of the same things that they did. He wanted a relationship with them. He wants a relationship with us. And that relationship is going to, to be drawn out in this walk, so we call it, if we do some of these things like we mentioned and so much more. So this evening, what I ask you and and what I leave you with is this idea of self-examination. Where is my walk with God at right now? Where is it at? What do I need to do more of? How can I draw nearer to him? Because the God that we've studied about for these past several weeks, that we cannot even fathom how he does or did everything he loves us enough that he sent Jesus and he loves us enough that he wants a relationship with you and with me. Amen. This evening, think about that as you leave here. And if, you, if your walk is not good, you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. There's others out there, myself included, that struggle, we have ups and downs, but there's no better time to start this walk to renew your walk than right now, than tonight. So if you are struggling this evening with your walk, I encourage you to do some of these things, to to humble yourself, to, to submit to him, to read more about him, to pray, and to make him your priority in life. And I promise your walk will be blessed. Your walk will be blessed. We're going to be out a little bit early here, but I think that's okay. I'm going to go ahead and say a prayer, and then we'll dismiss. God, we thank you for how great you are. God, you love us, you care for us when we don't deserve it. God, you give us grace and mercy. God, you gave us Jesus. We don't deserve any of this. Who are we, God, in comparison to you? God, we thank you for everything that you do in our lives. God, we thank you for how you love us, how you want a relationship with us, how you want to walk with us, God. Bless our efforts on this walk. Help us to draw nearer to you each day. God, help us to devote ourselves more and more to you each day, God. God, forgive us when we fail you. Forgive us when we step away from the path that you want us on. God, help us to come back to you, draw near to you, God, when we fall away. and God, just help us uh, to focus more on your word and more on you each day. God, I thank you for the people here I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their love that they show myself and and those around us. God, help us to show those in this world the same love. God, help us to reach the lost. God, help us to be your hands and feet. God, we thank you again for Jesus most of all. Keep us safe as we leave from here. Help us to remain strong as we go out in the world and to, to submit to you, to humble ourselves to you, God, and to resist the devil. God, we thank you again for Jesus. And through his name we pray. Amen.